Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of sacred comedy. I'm your host, Jennifer Way. Part of my mission as an intuitive consultant and an energy healer has always been to normalize psychic ability, to help demystify it as much as possible, to take away the stigma or the assumptions about what it really is, and to spread the word that all humans are born with innate psychic ability in varying degrees. It's a language between your higher self and your higher power, whatever that might be. Today's guests come together to discuss whether everyone is psychic. The answer is inside the podcast. You will meet world-renowned psychic medium Jamie Butler and viral sensation and stand-up comic Lauren Hope Crass. Have you ever had strange visions as you're falling asleep? Wonder if you're astral projecting? Curious about being an empath and what this might mean for you? All that and much more as we hear personal stories and learn actionable steps about how we can manage our own budding abilities. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and share. I know it's so annoying, but as a new podcast, we rely on your engagement so that we can keep bringing you answers about all things woo in as funny a way as possible. So grab those headphones, if you're old school like me, and join us on this journey of intuition and psychic ability. Welcome, both of you, to Sacred Comedy. Welcome, Lauren. Welcome, Jamie. Lauren, um, I would love for you to just tell everybody who you are and what you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, I am a stand-up comedian who is, I'm originally, I'm talking about me like I'm not me. Um, I, I'm, from, I'm from South Carolina originally, but I've been in New York City for almost 10 years now, so I really love it here. I live in Queens. I perform all over for colleges. I used to do cruises for a while, but we don't talk about that. Um, comedy clubs, you know. Now I work at Betches Media, which is really awesome. I'm a content manager and a podcast host and a podcast producer and like a video star and a published author. <laughs> like yes. I'm just doing as much as I can. I'm a little star, you know. Um, but yeah, I recently went viral with this uh, plus size shopping video, which is really crazy. It's um, across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. It's at over 38 million views. Wait, oh, you've seen it? <laughs> yeah, Jamie's oh saying she's seen it. You um, can talk, Jamie. It's <laughs> oh my God, I've seen you. I know who you are now. You know, you know, oh my God. I shared your video moment. with so many people. I was like, I love this woman. I need more of her in my life. Oh I'm a businesswoman. Yeah. I, again, the characters, they just came to me. It was really fun. And I love this moment. This, this happened, is, I love, so this I love. happened on stage this weekend where I was, because I have a joke from going viral that I do. And I was talking about going viral and I was just explaining, yeah, it was like this dumb video where I do characters in a dressing room and the whole audience went, it's you. And they all like started cheering and I started doing the characters. Like it was, it's, I'm in a really exciting part of my life right now thanks to that video actually which is great because sometimes you know people go viral for stuff they don't want to go viral for where it doesn't really represent them or something but this was just me being I mean you saw it Jamie like it's very silly and I like that that's what I'll be known for <laughs> yes it brightened my whole week my whole month oh my god I'm it. so Have happy yay thank you <laughs> This well, is that's me. A, this Hi. is such a beautiful moment. I've like, how, it how really perfect is. could that be? I'm full. I'm full. Yeah. Well, uh, Jamie Butler, Miss Jamie Butler, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Um, well, obviously, number one fan of Lauren. <laughs> um, let's just start there. <laughs> yes. Uh, how do I put myself in definition? I am a psychic medium. I've been doing this for well over 30 years globally, authored, lecture. My favorite thing is to teach people about their intuition and their natural psychic abilities. I love being like the kindergarten teacher that kind of wakes <laughs> people up and then gets them to a place where they're like, what? What is happening to me? How is this true? And finding their path and their intuitive awareness. Mm -hmm. Um I guess I'll stop there. I mean, there's yeah. so much more to say. I mean, of course, we can just like check off abilities and yeah. how to express that. But I think we're going to dance in that territory throughout yeah. our talk today. Yeah, I'm excited. 
Perfect. Wonderful. Well, I'm just like even happier that you guys are both here. So uh, what a great way to start the podcast. Okay. We're all friends already. We're all friends already. This is so exciting. Well, um, okay. My first question really is to Jamie. Jamie, and and I'd love, you know, Lauren, jump in at any time because I have questions for both of you. Um, Jamie, is everyone psychic? Yes. Hands down, 100%. I'll arm wrestle you for that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. All right. Okay. That was easy. That was, that was an easy question. Okay. Do you think in your experience, having done this for the last 30 years, having the very, uh, very close connection with spirit that you do, you know, because when you have a close connection with spirit, you get to ask them all kinds of questions about like what's happening in the world. Is everyone like the collective? Are we all becoming more conscious? Are we all becoming more psychic? Is this something that you have noticed in your teaching over the years? Yes, there are more and more people waking up, if you want to call it. I thought your follow-up question to the, is everybody psychic would be to what degree? You know, yeah. because we can all learn how to play the piano, but are you still hanging out with Mary Had a Little Lamb with no rhythm? Or are you playing like Mozart? So there's a difference in the level of your ability but we all have it. And I think the majority of people, what we're seeing now is this awakening to where we have a new vocabulary to describe what we're doing. Whereas before it was, oh, I was so lucky. It was such a coincidence or I had a bright idea and it wasn't, it wasn't a bright idea. What was happening is that your brain, which now we know thanks to science is not a stagnant organ. It's like a radio station. It transmits and receives messages. And so your bright idea that you didn't have the moment before was you receiving a transmission and processing it. So now we can label that really what it is, which is intuition. You were receiving like a download. That's like a popular hip word these days. (laughs) I got a download and I had the message and I knew what to say. So I think what we're witnessing is finding new words, vocabularies, how to talk about it easier. But I really have to give props to quarantine. Thank you, COVID, for the quarantine, because it reorganized globally our focus on on how we want to prioritize our lives. We went from giving all of our energy to an external world, to our job, to our boss, to our kids, to our labels, and fulfilling those demands, to looking at ourselves and going, wait a second, I actually don't like this. And starting to practice self-prioritizing. And when we look and give our power inward first, we discover these incredible little intuitive, psychic, heart-centered abilities. And then we start going, I want more of that. And so then it started to become a little bit of a fad. More people wanted it. More teachers are showing up for it. So yes, globally, the world is waking up. But I would say vocabulary and quarantine is what brought it out. Wow. Lauren, <laughs> do you have any, <laughs> what, what is that? Is that something that surprises you or is that something that you're, that's, you kind of knew already? It, I'm, I'm going to all... gauge your, your proximity to all of this. Yeah. It's, it all sounds so correct to me. Um, I feel like our bodies just, and I think what's happening right now is our bodies in pandemic learned like, oh, we're not supposed to commute five days a week and put on all these masks and do all these things. And now the world's kind of starting back up, but we mentally are still recovering from like the trauma of COVID and our bodies, it's weird. It's because like emotionally we have all this trauma from it, but our bodies are like, please keep me in this great place, you know, and we're going back. I'm pointing to the bed if anyone's listening and not watching. Um, and our bodies are rebelling, you know, like I've been getting sick lately. My hives and angioedema came back and then I got a shot to make that go away. And then I got a UTI. I'm not even having sex. Like I didn't even get it the cool way. I just like my tight, my like underwear sucks, I guess. Um, you know, there's a, there's a mind, body, soul thing happening where we're just coming out of this pandemic and we're, we're figuring things out and, And I'm thinking about, you know, I've had quote unquote psychic ability since I was a child or, or I don't even know if I call it psychic abilities. I've had like, like super intuitive moments since I was a kid. 
you know, but it's not until after COVID that I've started seeing like, go ahead, Jamie. What is the difference between intuition and psychic in your definitions? I bet you, you're going to say they're the same. Not necessarily. For me, for me, intuition would maybe, I, I know it definitely feels more comfortable to say I'm very intuitive more than it feels comfortable to say like, oh, I'm psychic, you know, like I'm definitely, I have a little bit of fear around that word, just identifying as it. I have no judgment with the term and people who are, I love, like, I have a psychic, like I love psychics. Um, but, you know, I've always been shy to use it for myself. So I say intuitive. And I guess if I had to say the difference is psychics could maybe psychics have like a special gift and intuitive people. It's more like a sciencey thing where they're tuned into the people around them more than it is like a spiritual gift, which would be psychic stuff. If I had to like put labels on it, which are probably, you know, wrong. No, <laughs> I don't think there's a hard and fast wrong or right. I just really wanted to know where you were coming from so I could listen to you better and what you yeah. were saying. It's, it's me just judging myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. But yeah, after COVID, I, you know, I started to lucid dream a lot more and I started to, I've kind of, I almost feel bad because I don't know if they're good or bad, but I was starting to get these like waking visions where my eyes would be closed. Nobody can explain that to me, Jamie, maybe you can help. Where at night I close my eyes and I'm awake, but I'm watching stuff happen. I'm watching people pick up bags and move them or sit at a table or hold a baby, open a door, put the baby in the door, close the door, just like watching people move around and do things. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching, but it's, and it, and it used to scare me a little bit. And I noticed that it stops if I don't use my nightlight. Like if I'm in total darkness, I can't see this, these visions, but if there's a little bit of light, I can watch stuff happen with my eyes closed, you know, and that's after, that's definitely after COVID. So I'm like, oh, maybe my body got tuned in with some stuff. Maybe I'm doing remote viewing. Maybe it's past life or I don't know. It's just, it creeped me out. Well, listen, was this (laughs) happening when you were trying to go to bed? Like, were you actively trying to go to sleep? Yes. So this could be hypnagogic hallucinations. Ooh, I like putting a word to something. There you go. So the hypnagogic phase is it lasts on an average but two minutes and it's between that awake state as you fall asleep. So the consciousness is giving way to the subconscious. And sometimes the brain does this crazy little tantrum thing where it starts to throw out images. It could associate to memories. It could associate to what you were thinking about five days ago and it's decompressing and it throws it up for you to see again and again. And it usually loops it makes no sense. It has that no makes story so line. much more sense. Gives than... you no messages. Yeah, yeah. It happens to everybody. I feel very normal because yeah, it's always something on a loop. It's always yeah. somebody picking up a baby and putting it back down, or picking up a bag of rice and handing it over, and then it just. I'm like, what are they doing? I'm sure it's. A, I'm sure I could look into it and be like, oh, this is a metaphor for caring for myself, or you know, I don't know. Needing to eat more rice. I don't know. Right. I don't know why I think there's it's rice. It's a good in grain. Rice. You need you need rice. It's a good. It's a, I love rice. We could definitely break grain. that down. <laughs> we could break it down. I I mean, Lauren, when you you first so you first started no, noticing this after COVID, and then you also said that you were lucid dreaming. You found yourself lucid dreaming as well. What kinds of things did you experience when you were lucid dreaming? My dreams can get so beautiful, but also upsetting. I've I've gone to the most extravagant places that don't exist, but I've gone back to them multiple times, like floating cities. And like, I know where I'm going when I'm there. I had a dream once, and this was after COVID where I was in a forest and all these people came forward and they were so excited to see me and they were all different races and ages. And they were like, it's you, huh? And I just, and then this one woman came forward And they were like, it's Emily. And I was like, Emily, I don't know who you are, but come give me a hug, you know? And oh my, oh my God, my co-host name is Emily. (gasps) Interesting. But uh, yeah, so I mean, some of them are just, I'm just, I become lucid and I just like want to look at everything or I'll try to just like have sex um, because I'm not having sex in my waking life. And I'll be like, Ah, oh, this is the first thing I need to do is like, I need to go have sex with, with someone. 
but then nobody wants to have sex with me, but it's my dream. Oh. Like a microphone and I'm like, I need a man to come have sex with me, please. Aisle five. I know it doesn't Clean work. Up. Sometimes, sometimes it works. Lauren, we could get you around the people, everyday real life humans who <laughs> have deep, I just wanted to throw that out there. I was talking <laughs> about humans who have um, intimate and personal sexual relations with spirit. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still processing it personally myself, but yeah. it's a thing. What kind of dating app would that look like? <laughs> <laughs> Something where, you know, what's funny is when I go to sleep, sometimes I will meet romantic partners while I'm lucid dreaming. And we'll do this thing where we'll be like, what is your phone number? Okay, focus. <laughs> we're like, we're going to meet up when we wake up and it never works. I'm like, I live in Queens. <laughs> Come find me. It's like, like- in- the serial Craigslist missed connection. Or, you know, in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, they're like, meet me in Montauk. That's yeah. like what I'm doing. I think the most interesting dream thing about me, and apparently John Mayer has experienced this too, because I listened to his Sirius XM channel. And the most interesting thing with me in dreams is that I, it's only happened twice. And I remember them both vividly. I've had dreams where I am in love. I am so safe and happy and full of joy. And they are emotions I have not experienced in my waking life. So I know it's not just a computer brain dump dream. I know it's something special. I don't know how to explain it, but I know it is, I'm experiencing love of some form. And in the most recent one, it was like this, it was like I experienced a lifetime in a dream with this person and I was so happy. And then I was about to wake up and I became lucid and I start sobbing and I go, it's not real, this isn't real. And then the guy says, what do you mean? Of course it's real. And he was so earnest. And it, and then I woke up and I was brokenhearted. And John Mayer has a song called Dreaming with a Broken Heart, which we all thought was a song about just like going to sleep after a breakup. But he explained the same thing I just explained, that he has these dreams too, where it's like, who is this? What is happening in this dream where you're just, you feel these big emotions but then they're not quote unquote real. You wake up and you know, you're single and the apps suck. It's heartbreaking. There's so many theories about that. There are so <laughs> many documented stories about having altered experiences that are real to life in dream state. And so they kind of blanket under the term as astral projection within dream state. Mm-hmm. You leave the physical body you project your energy, your thoughts, your consciousness into a different dimensional plane where you already have this relationship and existence. Mm. And some of the telltale signs of that this is what's happening is that it completely rewires your nervous system, changes the way that you think and hold your posture, your personality, your character throughout the rest of your life because of that moment. Because it is real to life just as you're really genuine, beautiful man told you before you left. <laughs> I know. Poor guy. He's probably like, where is she? <laughs> that version of me is still there, hopefully. But yeah, it's only been twice. I remember one was 2017. It was like a glimpse of a life with this person. And then this one was maybe like six months ago or something. Like they're very specific and very vivid. And the, the emotions are huge, you know? That's really like- difficult to come back from. It's like having a near-death experience, leaving this life and experiencing something completely different that vibes with you and then having to Mm -hmm. say goodbye to it unwillingly. Yeah. That's why I've had a little bit of apprehension around exploring my spiritual gifts is because it is very emotional for me, you know, like these dreams where I meet people who I feel like I know, but I don't know. And, you know, sometimes I'll hit these like high euphoria moments when I'm dreaming and then it's really hard to wake up and I want to live here in reality where now I'm built, like I'm doing great, you know, like I'm in a reality that almost feels like a new reality. Like I went to a press event like four days ago with Cosmo and Vogue and Katie Kirk was there and I walked in this room and they all knew who I was. It, it was a new reality. It's a dream. It was like a dream. Yeah, it was like I was li- walking through like a waking dream. And so I I am very happy about where my life is now, but I do get nervous to disappear into like being obsessed with lucid dreaming or, 
you know, I also was raised Christian. So I have this like internalized fear of like, is something demonic? Is something evil? I believe in good and evil, you know? So I'd have all these internal struggles around like mystical things, but I'm at the same time, very naturally mystical, you know? Can we make that a t-shirt? I'm very naturally mystical. (laughs) Jamie, I I wonder if you could speak a little to to this this fear, because I think that's one of the most common especially when people are exploring this or they're having experiences, what would you, what do you say to somebody when, when the fear can, can sort of get in the way or, or what, what, what kind of advice would you give them for that? Whether it's the fear of learning too much or fear of coming across something maybe they don't want to experience. I think the fear is, if I were to say it out loud, it sounds really embarrassing, but the fear that I would open myself up to something malevolent that would become a part of me that I can't shake off or something, you know? I think I'm describing a demon. Fuck. <laughs> well, oh, I would sit down and really hold your hand and walk you through your belief systems. I mean, yeah. seriously, what you believe in is what you're going to experience. Your belief systems shape what you perceive. And because you're perceiving it a certain way, that is what it's going to be to you. And I can stand right next to you and go through the same thing and have a completely different experience. Totally. Yeah. And another thing that I have started to do in my dreams is if I encounter something that feels like an evil force, and I don't even um, necessarily identify with any religion or anything like that. But again, I was raised Christian. So it's like that spirituality part is still in me. And so I will have dreams where there is an evil presence and I will do an exorcism I and I'm like and I'm like a master at I'd have never been taught I don't watch those movies but I cast them out and that's shaded shaded by my experiences and how I was brought up so that totally makes sense I have so much to say and there's like nowhere to begin on it too (laughs) I'm done talking (laughs) don't be done I will first state that I have energetically been around the block and not meaning in sexual terms. I've had many experiences and I have come across entities that we would place judgment on as negative, unwanted, uh, malicious, demonic, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. That is a real thing that exists. So Mm -hmm. huge respect and props to, you know, those who are out there working in that field. But Mm -hmm. if you don't have the belief system of them, the strangest thing occurs is that they don't show up in your participation with spiritual or subtle light energy. Like the the streams do not cross. Literally, the most powerful thing that you possess is your belief system. How do you rewire your mental body, your thoughts, Mm -hmm. and put your emotional quality behind that thought? When you get those two things linked up, that head-heart coherence, your frequency becomes not twice as strong because one plus one doesn't equal two. When we're talking about subtle light energy, it's like one plus one is eight, you know, it just like triples and compounds. I know tripling and eight didn't add up mathematically, which is why I'm not a mathematician, by the way, (laughs) it's just so much stronger. And then when that happens, the head heart coherence, your physical body and your body's intelligence comes online. And now all of a sudden you have all of this coherence. And so your belief of no demonic, no lesser than who I am becomes your truth. And that becomes your path, which is absolutely stunning and amazing. But I also work with a lot of people who can't ditch that belief system because it's ingrained with them, whether it was indoctrinated through their religion or they witnessed something that scared the crap out of them. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, you have to speak their language. I remember one woman came to me and she believed she had, she had been cursed you know, and she was like, my health is this, this is that. And and from her, um, she lived in South America. I believe it was Colombia. Uh, curses are a thing. And it's what you do when you don't get your way and you don't like stuff. You. That's just... a way to explain hardship too, you know, to have a sense of control while your life is out of control. Yes, absolutely. But you have to speak to where the person is first. And mm-hmm. so I had to give her tasks and things to do that were similar to like a good curse 
you know, if you're listening, right. came air quotes, and to get her on a path of, oh, I am in control. And whatever they say doesn't affect me because I'm not bringing it in. It's like, you are what you eat. It's just, you right. are what you believe. Yeah. Whoever you put your power. I like that. Let's say uh, someone is aware of that their belief systems do need to be looked at, you know, not change right away, but they're open to shifting their belief systems. What, what would you, how would you start? <laughs> Sorry, Jamie, I'm putting you on the spot. How, how would you, uh, what would you recommend that they try? Oh, I was going to say, I'd first get my pom-poms and cheer them on because <laughs> the number one thing you're wanting from them is the openness. A lot of what I ask from my students, though, you know, they're ready. I want to move forward. I want to have these paranormal experiences so I know that it's real and I can validate it. And I'm like, really? You want to get caught up in that? Because you'll get one paranormal experience. You'll go, wow, that's amazing. And then your brain can't process it. And three days later, it's like, I need another hit. I need mm. something else to remind me it's still there and it's constant because it's so elusive. So what I tell my students is, I just want you to observe. I just want you to watch. I don't want you to figure it out. Please don't problem solve, like set that down. I just want you to notice, notice the shift, notice what's happening around you. And often just noticing your belief system that you need to upgrade, change, or pull out of your system, does it does the work. And you don't have to get in there knee deep into whatever it is. You just simply observe it. And then the awake part of your brain goes, oh, that's pretty effed up. Like, we don't really believe in that, but that's what we're doing to ourselves. It's crazy. And then mm -hmm. you find some humor in it and that helps it heal it. Then you move on from it and then you replace it with something new that works for you currently. So the I like the idea of not having to find an answer to stuff too, yeah. you know? Like that was always hard for me, you know, being, having Christianity be my identity and then discovering like a more broad spiritual side. It's like, it's scary, but it's like, you don't have to find a black and white, like, oh, now I'm Wiccan or now I'm, you know, like you can explore, you can, you know, you can still pray to Jesus if you want to, you can like, there's no rules. There's no rules. But who was there to tell you that? You Not know? the people in church. <laughs> <laughs> they like rules. They, they like, they like they those rules. They love rules. I'm so curious. I wrote this question down, Jamie. It's like an impossible question, but hey, why not? God, what is the future of religion? Aww. <laughs> That's my one word answer right there. Aww. <laughs> No, just from watching it in the last decade, you know, um, mm. Catholicism has dropped, I think about 30% and um, less people are showing up. So we have a movement where our community centers aren't in place anymore. I mean, we don't have a lot of YMCAs, please come back. Uh, we don't have non-denominational community centers and people are wired for community. And so we define that within religious structures, even if we weren't there for the act of the religion, we were there because of the community and the people. And so that's kind of unraveling. And now we have people who are kind of just walking around going, oh, well, you know, I, I find my peace of mind in nature. I find it now in quietness. I find it in spoonfuls on the internet when I find somebody who's talking about something that I really believe in, or, you know, there's a herds of people showing up and saying, you know, I love animals more than people. Animals are better people than people are. You know, it's like they're going into the introvert world. I hate those people. Sorry. I hate that idea. Not the people. <laughs> I that animals I, are better people. People, I'd rather hang out with a dog. Okay. Well, something's wrong with you. Like <laughs> you live among humans and we have thumbs and can talk and love and have sex and cook and laugh. And like, are you unwell that the only you'd, you'd truly rather talk to a dog? There's a lot of those people out there. There, It's There's New York City. There's a lot it's around me City. too. <laughs> it's like, you can love your dog, but. I, it's I'm just, it's a dog. I, I find them hilarious. 
I love I love those people. I love I just people who are extremely negative. Listening, but you know, <laughs> not saying I don't like dogs, but I I do like people more. You are very clear in how you prioritize that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. No, no apology. That's no really apology. nice to hear where you're coming from. Yeah. Like keep it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a- we love truth. That's the that's the bottom line. We love the truth about it. I I want to know, Lauren. You said you've you've been psychic since you were little, and you were talking about dreams. What other experiences have you had? So, this is the biggest story. Really, is when I was seven. Um, I, I'm trying to think how to start telling the story. I've never told it before. I should probably tell it on my podcast first. Oops. Oh well. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> no, keep it. Keep it. You can you, you can debut it here. Um when I was seven, it was just a regular day and my dad was going on a business trip. But I remember being in the hallway in that childhood home. We were living with my grandparents at the time and thinking and kind of coming to and thinking, this is the day my dad leaves. And I did everything in my power to stop him. And it was just a regular trip, but I was screaming and crying. He's going to leave. He's going to leave. And he's like, I'm just going to New York. Like I'll be back. And as he drove away, I very, like a creepy child looked at my mom and said, he's never coming back. And he didn't. That was the day he left for good. And I was keenly aware of it at seven to the point that when I think about it, I'm like, did I time travel my consciousness to my seven-year-old self? And because it was just, it felt like time travel, you know, where I was like, oh my God, it's today. You know, we reconnected on MySpace when I was um, 18 and stayed in contact. But as of like a month ago, he is missing again. So Jamie, if you could tell me if he's dead or not, if you're getting a a father spirit. Okay. He's probably just in a homeless shelter or something. Okay. Yeah. He's held up with a bunch of animals. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He doesn't like people. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't like people anymore. (laughs) He's just a dog person now. But yeah, that's probably my earliest quote unquote psychic experience was just knowing that was the day he would leave having no context clues at all wow my heart is so expansive hearing this like what did that do for you as a seven-year-old to have that information in advance to see it happen so that when it did occur you had some you know brevity or yeah it's it's funny because I, I never really throughout my whole it's only recently in therapy that I've started to heal the hurt around this because as a child and as a young adult and then person in my 30s I've always said like oh it's not a big deal I can talk about my dad stuff like it's it's fine like I had my grandfather was around he was my father figure I was taken care of I was able to rationalize you know as a young adult like oh my father's you know he's mentally unwell like but because I spent so much time in that intellectual space I never really let myself heart heal from the child who lost her father kind of thing. So I'm just now sort of learning how to do that with my therapist. But yeah, I guess it did protect me as a child because it was just something that was true. And I was surrounded by so much love. So mm-hmm. my my big daddy, big mama, and my mom, I was spoiled. You know, we were, it was amazing. So I really was well protected when he went away. What do you guys think about if we actually taught our children to pay attention to this and grow their intuitive, call it psychic, intuitive, clairs, sensitivities, so that they could glean more information than what's being provided to them? Like what kind of people would we have if we did that with our kids? Like Less traumatized? I don't know. <laughs> Because you're right. Me, me knowing it was the day that he left made it less traumatic, I guess, because it was just in my whole body and brain and heart knew, oh, he goes away this day. Like it's always been supposed to happen that way, which means it is the path and it's protected. That's so profound, Lauren. That's really, and, and the fact that I just want to, you know, celebrate, I just want to celebrate that you're that you're so aware that you're, this is the the path that you're, you're choosing to go down for healing in terms of understanding that, you know, 
it was a brain party for a long time and now you're gonna Mm -hmm. go down to the heart party so it's interesting because now that he's you know missing for the first time since I was a child it's kind of like now I get to actually do that healing that I didn't have the access to when I was younger like what do you think about the concepts of um agreements I Jennifer, I know this is your show, but here I go. No, please. Um, <laughs> no, this is this is our show. <laughs> when I hear something like this, it's like, bam, it sits with me so strong. This is something that you agreed to experience, but also left such a wide door open to say, hey, if he chooses it between this time frame or maybe when I'm younger than 16, I want to know about it so I don't have the bulk of xyz childhood wow. wounds things of that nature and so then on that day it came to you loud and clear like hey wow our end this is what's happening so that you are okay but this is occurring i have chills that sounds so right to me yeah and the the healing with with him has been so interesting because it really was this thing that was intellectualized for so long and and i've i've only told my therapist this but like a month ago a month and a half before he started to disappear again, I started having dreams, you know, that something was wrong. And, uh, and then randomly, randomly, I started, I heard this song and I start sobbing uncontrollably. And it's the best way I know how to explain it is I was, I'm going to cry now. I was feeling what he felt being separated from his daughter Like, it was like I was him or something. And I was just crying like, oh my God, I'm not with my child. And I don't know what that healed or started or where it came from. It just, I guess you would call it a download. It just like, you know? (laughs) And so it's like all this father healing has been happening, but it's also so sad because it's like, where is he? You know, he's gone again. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. But I do have this like, spiritual connection around when he's around and when he's not and and it it kind of does take care of me in a way so that is kind of nice to think about it like that agreed sounds like soulmate kind of energy not yeah another key word there but yeah no we're definitely connected and to be able to feel that through your own body it was weird yeah it was so weird and it and it's like, I didn't need to have more empathy for him. Like I already have endless empathy for him and everything. It's, it was like a problem. I didn't let myself heal from being hurt from losing, him, you know, but still at the same time, like I got that download out of fucking nowhere. Jamie. I know I was, but I had so many questions. I was like, Jamie, do you Jamie, we do this with other people? What do you, what do you mean? Like, um, when you stand next to stand next to somebody or when you think about somebody or if you're talking about a particular person do you get those little downloads like you were talking about and have certain feeling about them at that time that little zing or connection oh yes um there's are you talking like soulmate esque or like i know this person or i don't trust this person or or can you explain the question a little bit more okay i'll choose d all of the above um, <laughs> Yes, I want the, I am thinking of someone or talking to somebody and I'm getting extra information more than what they are telling me straightforward. Mm, absolutely. There's, I've definitely, I mean, in the comedy scene, I run into it a lot because there's a lot of, you know, take this with a grain of salt. There's a lot of unwell men in comedy and you will just immediately be like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna keep a little boundary here. And it's not, and it's like nothing they're saying or doing that is toxic. It's just like a vibe and you're like, and then of course years later you find stuff out and you're like, oh, okay, I was right about that guy. I'm surprised. I <laughs> yeah. You know, like the body, the intuition, it, it knows. And then there's also, I have a friend, he is a male friend uh, who is very handsome, but we are just friends. And he probably won't listen to this, but when I met him a couple years ago, it really was like remembering someone and we immediately clicked and the, it's very childlike laughter with each other, you know, and we just adore each other. And I, again, I had another really weird spiritual moment happen 
when I got home from meeting him that night, he doesn't know this, but um, I can't believe I'm saying this on a public podcast. I, I, it was, it was very past lifey to the point where I could feel like my memory of him, like leaving my body or something, or like, I was sad to lose the version of him from like another reality or something. I can't explain it, but I was sad. I was like, I was like, oh, in this reality where we only know each other in this way. But like, he really feels like someone I, I knew intimately, you know? And we're still very close, you know? And we have these little psychic things where like, I'll have a really bad day on the same day he has a really bad day and stuff like that. Like I also had a friend who I just, I was like, we can't be friends anymore and I can't explain it. <laughs> See, that's your clear sentience. You connect to your body's <laughs> intelligence, like you were saying, yeah. and you get extra information from the subtle light energy that's around you. Right. It's so spot on. It's so clean. It's so clear. It's way different than the whole, I'm clairvoyant, you know, because mm. our eyes, clairvoyancy is this ability to see beyond the average means can still completely lie to us. And then it goes through this head filter that we have, but the body's yeah. intelligence doesn't, it doesn't go through that mental filter and it just politely throws up very accurate information for you to process, but you have to be on it to recognize it. Cause yeah. if not, you can feel effing crazy, like cray, cray, crazy. It's very maddening, but I've, I've recently started just listening to it and be like, okay, you don't like that person. Okay. We're not going to hang out with that person. I can't really explain it to them in words that make sense, but like, I'm going to not hang out with this person. I'll kind of group you this way. You're empathic. Empathic just happens all the damn time. And you have a really difficult time going, I'd like to tone that down right now, or I'd like to not experience this from you. It's just yes. kind of really vibrant and alive. And the more you get into your, you know, ability to your empathic ability, you mm -hmm. become clairsentient because then you can control it and you're aware, mm. you're hyper aware. This isn't mine, but I'm feeling it and I'm moving through it, but it's not me. And you know exactly where it's coming from. So your, your psychic awareness of it's not within my realm, I'm picking it up off of somebody else's. I'd love that to learn how to work around that though, because I experience it at, at comedy shows too, where there will be one or two people in the crowd who have I sound insane. I can tell they like have ill will towards me or they're like, who does she think she is? Or they're just angry, you mm. know? And it gets in my way. And I'll even say, I'll go, one of you has really bad energy tonight. I don't know who it is or where you are, but someone in here has really bad energy and I wish you did it or something. And I'll like make it funny and I'll work through my set because I'm a professional. But it's hard for me to like turn that part of myself off when I'm trying to be an entertainer because I am so empathic. And when there is somebody physically there who actively dislikes me for whatever preconceived notions they have of me, it's it, it's hard. <laughs> I would say hone your skills in compassionate communication, but that might dull your <laughs> comedic stance because you'll be so trained to express compassion rather than some bluntness that... How do I just turn it off though? Like I want to just turn off my powers so I can do my... No, you My don't. Comedy. No, you don't. On and off. No, no you don't. Fine. Okay. You don't want to turn them off. You turn them off and then we have a dull, bland Lauren. And that's not you. No. That's a sad thing. Like if it was claircognizance, clairaudient, clairvoyance, I would work with you and we'd set up boundaries, filters, you know, kind of dull them out, control them. But when the body is awake, you can't mm. shut the body off. That screws with so many things don't do it. So yeah. I would say get intimate and ask these questions. I always love this uh, SNL skit. Um, God, I can't remember who is in it, but they talk about acting and they put their palms out and it's the teacher teaching the students how to act. This is acting. Yeah. Not acting. Acting. Yeah. You know, so you have to figure out what, where's your energy going? If you're sending your energy out, you're going to be picking up signals and so mm -hmm. this is you going, it belongs to somebody else. But then mm -hmm. as soon as you hone in on self, there's no other signals coming in with it. It is only you in your own universe, in your own world. And that's how you can still maintain your clairsentience, but not have it overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. It's also how you can pick up on somebody has a bad vibe. And then you're like, but I don't effing care. Yeah. That's your problem. Have a good night. Yeah. <laughs>
watch me as I walk away. (laughs) (laughs) How does that, how does that hit you, Lauren? It, It hits me good. Yeah. I, I, I've already started working on it when I notice someone's bad energy. That sounds so mean. People are probably just having bad days and we all have struggles, but it just hits me, you know? And so to, to know that I can maybe turn it more inward and focus on my own ball of energy that I I like that reframe. I mean, to notice a bad day is to have had a bad day. And if Mm -hmm. you're hypersensitive to how somebody's energy is behaving to you, it's because it can also be a lesson for you or, or other people like to call it the trigger. I'm so triggered by that. Well, then yeah. it's also something that's alive for you and you need to be looking at that thing. Like Totally. So I always try to notice when something makes me really angry. I'm like, why am I so angry right now? This does not match the situation. What, what do I need to learn or feel that I hate this woman who's holding the door open? <laughs> You're asking all the right questions. Yeah. But you I know? do wish... There was something else to say rather than learn or heal. It's not always a, a you have to do the work and fix it thing. Mm. We ha- There has to be another, like a third category in there that's, oh, I was observing that, but it, it just wasn't mine. So mm, okay. thank you for letting me try that shirt on. I'm not yes. going to buy it. Like, I don't like mine. this angry shirt because the woman holding the door open was very angry. Yes. <gasps> that's why I was angry. Yes. Now you're getting it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the okay. student becomes the teacher. Truly. I, I mean, I was so full of rage today at this coffee shop. And I was like, why am I this angry? That's just a door. And it's because she was horrible. <laughs> she was like, and I, I was like, I was like, oh, do you mind stepping in so you can close the door? And she was like, there's no room. And I was like, okay. All right. Like there's, there was so much room, you know, and then I was angry, <laughs> but I didn't, I, I controlled myself. I didn't be like, bitch, you know, I was just like, okay, but the anger stayed on me. And I was like, how do I get this off of me? <laughs> right. It doesn't belong to you. And then you could take it to the next step. Let's like remove your visual cues, remove the sound of her angry voice. And let's say you're on the telephone with a customer rep and you're buying furniture Mm -hmm. and you're just calling and going hey is my order in and they're like oh hello you know miss crass yes it's here it's fine you know we're gonna get it to you and then you start getting irritated they're being nice as i'll get out but then by the end of the call you're just like hey just i just want you to just tell me what day it's arriving and then the person begins to break down i'm in the middle of a divorce i can't do this i have two kids i don't want to work at this job and then they just throw up all their stuff but you realize oh that's what I was picking up because I was totally fine before I made the freaking call. And now I got this woman's energy on me. You know, it's like, how do you not tell yours? the difference between somebody else's energy and your own? Not to take over please. Jennifer's no, no, shop. No, 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 no. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like popcorn. No, please. It's a weird discipline that's required. And it's a sentence or a question that I tell my students is every time you need to first notice when you're having a response you're so sensitive that you're going through responses and managing um, the temperature, the the change in sound, this person's personality across the other side of the room in the restaurant, all these things. And so you skim over it. Your your tired left hemisphere of your brain is like, I can't analyze anything more. So it just glazes over stuff. And that kind of dulls things down for you. And it starts to make no sense of why you're carrying certain emotions. So the first thing is to observe when your body is shifting or changing, giving you something new. Yes. Second thing is ask the question, is it mine? And just wait, is it mine? If it is a yes, you'll feel this kind of hell yes energy where you just want to eat it, grab it, hold it. You're like, oh yeah, I own that. But if it's a pause and a confusion and a, then guess what? It's most likely 99.9% not yours. And now you can do this management of, okay, I can push away from this now. It's not mine. I let go of it. Not my t-shirt, not, not right. my wardrobe. This is, I love this it. is She's life altering so for me, Jamie. This is great. Are you taking notes? I love this. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, we're recording. 
So you could also just watch the recording. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to give you less work. That's all. Thank you. (laughs) Don't mess with her process. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's about me. That's mine. That's not yours. I just have, you know, I feel like I have these natural intuitive empathic things that are a part of my life, but I've not, like I work with a cognitive behavioral therapist to like work through finding the thing. Yeah. He, he's amazing. Um, you know, finding where the emotion is in the body and all of that. And I've worked with a registered dietitian with intuitive eating, which is like very mindful. How does this make me feel? How does this make me feel? You know? So I'm, I'm very in my body to the point where she screams at me if she's unhappy or feels unsafe or, you know, uh, she's too loud. I, I like the idea of honing it even more to the point of, is this my energy or is this somebody else's energy? Because I, I react very strongly to strangers too. The, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm making it sound like I cry. I cry maybe twice a week. So all these crying stories matter. I'm not crying seven times a day, just so the listeners know. But last week on the subway, I cried because there was a little girl strapped to her mom's back. You know, the chicles, chocolates, ladies who come through the train and they try to get, and they got their babies on their backs. And I don't always feel bad for the babies because the babies are just babies. This girl was like three and she was so uncomfortably on her mom and just whimpering. I like, I felt that little girl's energy and I just start crying. Like she felt, she was she felt so helpless, you know? I mean, I was able to experience it and be sad. I didn't sob, but I had like a couple tears. And then I went on with my day, but I still think about that little girl, you know? Like I have these encounters and they stay with me. Mm-hmm. They're real. And this is a thing for highly sensitive people, HSPs out there or Claire, multi-clared people, psychic intuitive, is when you come across something like that, that compassionate body inside of you says, I got to do something. I got to get in there. I got to engage. I got to fix, repair, got to help, call to action. But just because you're glimming or glimpsing, glimming, what's the word? Glimmering? Glimpsing? Gleaming? Gleaning. Let's use all the G words we possibly (laughs) can. Uh, That frequency, energy off the person, doesn't mean you need to do anything with it. And so I, I try to remind highly sensitive people that there's a rule of three. So if you get that hit once and you're standing there in front of the person, whether you're hearing the message, knowing the message, smelling, tasting, feeling, whatever it is, however you're getting your messages, and it happens again, the same way, information's not altered, your emotions aren't altered, and you're like, oh my God, I'm really taking note. And then it happens a third time, you're like, okay, now that is a call to action moment. Other than that, if you're getting it just once or just twice, guess what? It's your job to honor that that was somebody's path and that they were doing exactly what they signed up for and you were a witness to it, but you didn't need to do anything. That one has been so difficult for me to navigate, you know, hearing voices and having spirits come to me and go, hey, 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 I need your help. And it's like, "Mm mm-mm, like you've got to come at this two other times before I feel safe enough and that I'm not interfering with somebody's plan or destiny or lesson because if not I'd be so tired (laughs) I I have run into walls with it where I've tried to call to action help people who I can feel are suffering and it will blow up in my face Mm. um, more than a couple times rules of three see isn't it fun being psychic intuitive it is wait what am I again Claire abundant no you're empathic and you're going to learn those those filters or boundaries around being empathic and turn that into being clairsentient, which is more of a knowing. Okay. So I'm on my way to clairsentience, but I'm not there yet. Okay, cool. Okay. My mission is similar to Jamie's, which is making sure everybody knows that they have the capacity as a human being to grow and experience their psychic intuitive perception and their clairs. Um, I learned so much in this short session. Jamie's an amazing teacher. I was an angry. She was angry. Yes. I mean, that, that, that whole thing that, that Jamie was saying about, you know, is this mine or is this somebody else's you, you, because you're already so familiar in your body, your body's going to give you that answer right away. 
-hmm. It's just about the inquiry and the noting, the noticing and the observation. Yeah. Um, It's very subtle, but you're going to do it. I know I you can, Lauren. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. This has been really amazing, you guys. Lauren, do you have any last questions? And Jamie, do you have any any last sort of things you want to say? I guess my question for Jamie would be like, is there anything else you want me to take away from this chat that we've, this lovely, amazing chat that we have had today? Anything possibly that I've missed or anything that you want me to know? I had a few dance through my head. I think um, the balance of being sensitive and intuitive versus what the human experience around you is asking you to be, you know, falling into Mm. routine and fulfilling job descriptions rather than being authentic self, that balance. Mm. Yes. And the balance between the analytical brain versus the creative brain where our intuition is, you know, there's just this battle. And I would say if you're coming across a stretch where you feel like you're not able to acknowledge or confirm all the things that you are actually intuitively doing, or you want to be more aware of your intuitive self, Mm -hmm. I would say grab pen and paper. And for seven days, I say pen and paper. I mean, you could put it on your phone, but it's kind of rare that you kind of go back into your phone and kind of read it unless you're really disciplined. But um, jot down all the ways that you experience kind of that mystical energy. Like if you were sitting in a restaurant and you felt like somebody was staring at you, like I want you to go, I'm writing that down. Somebody's staring at me. And then you slowly look around and somebody is just, you know, boring holes in the side of your head Mm -hmm. to the right. You go, check mark. Mm -hmm. Or I had this dream about putting babies in boxes (laughs) and and then maybe you you see it or it pans out somewhere else and you say check mark and so for seven days you just let your analytical head highlight those things that it cannot describe or put definition to Mm. and then at the end of the week go back and look at the paper because that's how we've learned everything right you spent at least 12 years of your life you know graduating high school and most of us and um getting information and knowledge from books. And this is correct. This is the test work. And now we're going to grade ourselves with check marks. Go back and look at how much you actually did and played out. And then the left side of your brain will start to wake up and go, oh, Lauren, I had no idea. I didn't know that we were doing it this often. I didn't know that I was dismissing that for you. And then that Debbie Downer or doubter on the left side of the brain then starts to become your cheerleader. Yeah. And then go, Lauren, Lauren, we're doing that thing. Pay attention. This is happening. And then you pay attention a little bit more, that heightened use of your traditional five senses, that's your sixth sense. That's the sixth sense, not the dangling new one that you're growing. It's just the heightened use of five. Yeah. 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 So that can help you like self-counsel and kind of work and manage and kind of stay on a more peaceful track with being intuitive and psychic. Awesome. I'm going to do that. Thank you. You're welcome. There's some homework for you. Yay. I'm a Virgo. I love that. Yay. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) And for everyone at home, you know, uh, please let us know what your psychic experience has been and try these exercises. Jamie is an amazing teacher. So uh, Jamie, please let everybody know how they can find you and, and what kind of classes you're offering right now. Ooh, um, thank you. You can find me at jamiebutlermedium.com, my website, and that's the handle over on YouTube where I have my YouTube membership, um, exclusive content, learning content, supportive healings, as well as Learn It Live is where I have all my classes. I think I have something ridiculous, like over 700 classes. I'm just obsessed with getting information out there in a very simple, fun, creative way where it's you don't feel pressured to get things right because there's no such thing as getting it right. Everything is correct in this world. So you can head over there for monthly healings, meditations. I'm teaching right now, approaching trans-channeling, which we didn't even get to that kind of woo-woo stuff Ooh. where you let spirit <laughs> inside of your body to communicate to others. Hmm. Um, I do teach that. That's kind of more of the advanced side. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
there's something for everyone. My favorite is the perceiving and reading energy where you learn how to perceive energy and how to collect the information from it, your style, and then building a new relationship with your loved one in spirit. Because I don't believe that relationships end when the body does. And but you just have to discover how to hold that relationship in a different way. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to have the, the web pages and everything in the show notes. And Lauren, tell us how people can find you and follow you. Thank you so much. First of all, yeah. thank you for having me. This is awesome. So um, you you can find me on Instagram at Lauren Hope Crass. That's K as in King, K-R-A-S-S. Watch my funny videos. Um, listen to me on the podcast Diet Starts Tomorrow. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And yeah, just come hang out with me online. I'm I'm very online right now and and building a following and would love for you to be in the Crass Club with me. I love it. Thank you both so much. This has been, uh, this far exceeded any expectations I had. I didn't have any, but I was, cause I knew it would be fabulous. So thank you both so much. Um, everybody follow us at the sacred comedy on Instagram, uh, yes. follow us and subscribe all the places that you get your, thank you. All the places that you get your podcast and watch us on YouTube and share it with a friend if they are interested in funny stuff like this, kooky, funny stuff like this. And uh, we will we'll see you next week. Thanks so much.